Hey. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to episode three now, Two Guys, One Blunt. Today, uh, it's Two Guys, One Cup of Tea. Correct. Welcome we- back, everybody, to episode three. We are here with our traditional One Blunt, but the addition, let's have a little chin-chin <laughs> for this cup of tea. Today we're drinking some medicated tea. Yeah. Or rather, gonna... cannabis infused. We don't have to lie. This is, yeah. I don't need this medicinally. Cannabis infused tea, correct. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the edibles and drinks situation that we might be looking at in 2019. Mm-hmm. Just some of those differences between what it means to ingest as an eaten item versus uh, drinking ingestion. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't think tea or juice or anything. Like, when you think cannabis ingesting, cannabis not smoking, it's space brownies or space cake. That's what comes to mind. Yeah, I think that's obviously going to be the first thing that a lot of people think of. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I used to work for a cannabis drink company, so I I would sell people on it. I'd say, uh, you ever go to the movies and try to time an edible with the movie you know you uh you eat the edible on the way to the movie you watch the whole movie and then it's basically as soon as you open the theater doors on the way outside that's when the edible hits right you've you've watched the whole movie sober and now you're high as shit trying to get back to life trying to go about your day Mm -hmm. and your day is now over yeah your day is now a movie yeah (laughs) um it's actually interesting <coughs> that we're talking about edibles and drinks because I think even before, uh, or rather just as we decided that that's what we were going to talk about this week, then I got in my in my news feed, I saw two stories in the last 24 hours about that were, that were related to this topic. And the first one was probably the more obvious mainstream article. Of course, it had to be a punny tagline. It was Anheuser Kush. Ooh. Um, <laughs> some may know, or probably most people know, about the the uh, the beverage maker Anheuser Busch. Yeah. Um, and they apparently are going to be investing around a hundred million dollars um, alongside another company. Oh, that's it. Into yeah, t- just a paltry hundred million <laughs> um, into uh, making beverages that are THC infused. That use other cannabinoids, it says in the article as well, and that they're going to be non-alcoholic. So that was something that they specified. I wonder if that's because of... I wonder if Lagunitas is getting a lot of success. Uh, I'm a beer enthusiast. Lagunitas is definitely one of the OG IPA guys. And uh, they did that collab with Absolute Extracts, the Hi-Fi Hops, that is a dry-hopped thc infused sparkling beverage i saw the can never got to try it i think we should try that i don't i don't know that if you're into be beer at all but that's uh i'm I mean, into it's beer non, it's not alcoholic i'm into beer enough to try it cool let's yeah. say that <laughs> i i'm stoked about it i had some dry hopped kombucha the other day that was an absolute treat it just nice. you know that the terpenes and hops man they're it's related to cannabis you've got humulene and limonene it's it's all in there it's yeah. a really pleasant experience they are, after all, cousin plants. They are. The Loving cannabis. Cannabis plant and the hops plants. The ha- the cannabis plant is what you get when, you know, cousins Hanabis. kiss. Cannabis. Yeah, or uh, or you or you uh, have a heavy Hasidic background, <laughs> perhaps. That's um, the, uh, the, the Greek pronunciation. Oh, yeah, Greek Orthodox also have mm-hmm. that hard, like, <laughs> it's like a, clear the back of your throat H. I'm imagining a weird K shape. Cannabis. Hmm. Like an old ancient K. It was like the precursor to the modern K in in uh, Roman script. Cyrillic, something something weird. I don't know. I'm American. I don't I don't know these other cultures very well. Yeah. But yeah. So Anheuser Bush making <coughs> making cannabis beverages, not necessarily beers, which is interesting because they are primarily a beer maker. Mm-hmm. So Perhaps uh, now they're just a vice distributor. 
Mm, a, interesting. Uh, interesting pivot. A mingler of the vices. They're becoming the Vegas of Well, what do you drinks. think about the fact that they said, they specify in the article that it's non-alcoholic? You would have thought that there is opportunity there for a crossover. A lot of people <laughs> enjoy THC and alcohol together. I think that's fucking insane. I think that's just insane. To my experience with alcohol, like I can drink a six pack of light beer and be chill. And I can smoke six joints over the evening and be chill. But mm-hmm. if I smoke one joint, it's like two beers. You know, if I drink two beers, it's one joint. You know, or other than that, you know, I'm getting crossfaded. Uh, alcohol may intensify the effects of this it shit, you know? Will. And it does. <laughs> I that's, feel. I just, yeah, that's a fucking night. I mean, if they ban four locos for having caffeine, like, come on, there's no way they're going to let THC and alcohol coexist like that. Because that's, I can do caffeine and alcohol. It's just like. Is it banned now, four locos? I thought they made the caffeine in it banned. I thought, oh, okay. you know, they still sell it, but it's not, it's not like it used to be where it was just like, you staying up all night fucking drinking all of those things. So the old formulation no longer exists. Mm-hmm. I've got a buddy who has them. Uh, he's got a couple in San Francisco, like the the Holy Grail for Loco. They're collectibles now. Oh, he found some of the old ones. The way that people are going around finding old bottles of Activist and Promethazine and stuff. Ooh, because it's and, a different formulation. And Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> Crystal Pepsi. Wow, there's a throwback for you. Mm-hmm. Dude, give me that THC Crystal Pepsi. There we Where go. Where you at? Where you at, Pepsi Cola? I mean. I, I agree in principle. I'm not drinking soda much anymore, so right. I would probably avoid that. But speaking of THC-infused drinks, this uh, tea that we're enjoying today is uh, from a brand by the name of Kikoko. Kikoko. Um, and the specific tea that we're drinking, so this is a tea that's available in cannabis dispensaries now from a licensed compliant company. Um, and they have a what are the ingredients on the on this this is called the positivity oh hey uh all organic that's nice uh excellent the ingredients are peppermint green tea spearmint licorice root lemon myrtle lemongrass safflower petals a little bit of evaporated cane juice and gum arabic along with the key components the active ingredients per bag, 10 milligrams of THC and 5 milligrams of CBD. Awesome. Which we did split. Each yeah. of us are hopefully consuming... About half of that. Mm-hmm. So 5 milligrams of THC and 2.5 of CBD each. And that's how you know it truly is two guys and one cup of tea. <laughs> hey, bring on the puns. <laughs> um, and we are timing our experience as well to give you some idea of... Uh, to try and feedback on the effects a little bit as well. So we're about... Eight minutes in, and we just started drinking maybe a minute or so ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. shoot. I drank as soon as we started. Oh, really? I, st- okay. I started well, drinking eight minutes ago. <laughs> you're eight minutes in. I'm one minute in. We're in, in, a, in a similar time frame. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but it's delicious. That's I what I will say. say. I really like the mint and I guess the sugar. It's a really subtle sugar. I'm not a big fan of sweet drinks, as yep. I don't think you are either. Well, no. we are. You yes. Know, you're, if you don't like sugar, you're lying. Right but you know your brain likes sugar exactly yeah there's i i like to think there's more complexity in life than just sugar (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh such as licorice root and all the other things Mm -hmm. that you read out there yeah exactly um and this is their highest thc dose tea apparently but it is a two to one ratio so i think given that we always advocate for full spectrum and you know balanced kind of approaches to consuming Mm -hmm. i think we can applaud a two to one ratio for a tea bag yeah Mm -hmm. i'm impressed i mean i'm there's a lot that there's a lot that makes me i'm so curious about how they did this because we did try to research didn't we what did we find we did our research uh we found first and foremost that making cannabis oil water soluble uh is proprietary (laughs) i mean there's there's methods out there but like their method is proprietary i looked at the bag it's um it just looks like herbal tea there's no you know i i've had some uh other brands of tea in the past and they use dehydrated coconut oil you clearly see it's floating around in there it kind of looks like keef even and when you put it in the tea it dissolves and then you have like a thin film on top of oil 
which is what Kikoko actually like specifically is kind of boasting that there is no film, there's no residue left on the cup. You're you are ingesting is what would appear to be true from what we can see. Oh yeah, there's I no. I mean, if I didn't know any better, this would just be a nice herbal min- minty tea. Agreed. Yeah, no, I don't even really taste cannabis. Yeah, uh, which I think you know, I wonder if it's a full spectrum, uh, you know, full spectrum extract, because I w- the research that we were doing would indicate that it's possible. There's some, the uh, nano emulsification and all that stuff. Um, and even the, um, I've got another sample here of some nano emulsification, which for those who don't want to look that up or don't already know is <laughs> when you are trying to get particles that don't normally want to be together to be together by forcing them into a smaller pod, which will be happy to merge with the other molecule. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so it's oils, fun science. That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> oils oils won't dissolve in water naturally. So in order to make it stay in the water, is you coat the oil with a another chemical that will bind to water. And so like each little oil is kind of imprisoned by another more water friendly, uh, a water friendly molecule. Yes. And it's on a nano scale. So now it's just molecules sitting within molecules and not like. A whole group of oil just chilling on top like they're f- which is supposedly what allows it to just disperse through the tea uh, invisibly basically right mm. like we don't even notice yeah I certainly don't um, and if you want to like a fun regular application of that you can check out how your mayonnaise is made if you ever left a jar of mayonnaise out that's gonna separate on you and uh, that's peanut the, butter the, too the, the yeah yeah too also um, although yeah, no, you're right. Well, you certain do, peanut butter. You do have most. to stir, like a very natural peanut butter, you have to stir. Yeah. It's true. Um, uh, to keep your consistency. Uh, but mayonnaise requires an emulsifier. That's what keeps it together. And uh, when you see that separation, you may also never want to eat mayonnaise again. Um, so just yeah, a little just side note there. <laughs> oil and eggs, baby. I like my eggs while they're oily. That high cholesterol diet, baby. <laughs> you know, getting the good LDL and HDL cholesterols, I believe, all in one. Um, everybody's on high fat now, right? Everybody's all about these ketogenic diets and things. It's like, amazing. It's, it's only a matter of time till somebody makes like the diet that is based off of cholesterol yeah, exclusively. Right? <laughs> oh, it turns out we found carcinogens actually sharpen the grindstone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The more for mental clarity, take more carcinogens. Yeah, anti-fragility training for your whole body, your whole immune system. Just <laughs> a lot of small, like lead, you know, lead supplements and nano-encapsulated lead yeah get mm, slow. nano-encapsulated mercury and lead tablets Ooh, on a dark note that's probably you know if you have a high fish diet <sighs> gosh rest in peace yeah rest in pisces rest in pisces <laughs> you will be swimming with the fishes um so let's talk a little bit about the differences about uh from between edibles and drinks um I, for one, was not even aware, really, of cannabis drinks until a couple of years ago, and I tried an infused lemonade, I think, from the now non-compliant, or perhaps non, non-operating non Mary Jane juice, mm. um, and it was delicious and potent, and did things that I didn't know that cannabis drinks would do to me. It's a different feeling than edibles. Yeah. You were expecting an edible experience, I assume. Uh, well, this is when I was quite new to edibles as well, so I, I don't think my tolerance for any ingesting was particularly high. Gotcha. But um, the the difference was noticeable. It was dif- it was noticeable that it was smoother. Um, it it kind of in the same way that when you drink psilocybin versus eat psilocybin is generally a smoother experience. Perhaps yeah. it's just the aspect of drinking, and I guess the way that the absorption happens in your body through your gut, you know. Versus liquid versus a solid matter. That's it. It's all about that liver. And with THC, I'm not sure about how psilocybin is processed by the liver, but I do know that delta nine THC, if properly, you know, decarb. That's obviously, you know, that's their job to get it right at that point. Uh, delta nine THC is either in drink form absorbed into the stomach or into the bloodstream through the stomach, but if it's ingested in like a food form. It is digested and then processed by the liver where Delta 9 THC is converted into a heavier and definitely more psychedelic substance known as 11-hydroxy THC, 
I, you know, I wish I could explain why it's called that, but uh, I think that's enough. It's suffice to say that the liver converts the THC we all know and love through smoking uh, and turns it into something a little heavier. That's why most people that take a lot of edibles feel like they're going to die. That's the psychedelic experience. Yes. Yeah, that, that almost sort of uh, rebirth moment. Yeah. And <laughs> you if you're not... have to accept the ride. Yeah, dude. If you're just... Just, you know, I just want to, like, pop an edible, you know, just, like, chill out. You know, if you're just doing it to relax and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, how about a peak psychedelic experience that makes you question every, like, decision that has led you to this point in your life? The nature of your reality. I feel like I'd, yeah, I'd call the fucking police. Be like, you guys, is this, yeah, this I, isn't normal. What is it? What's the classic one? Time is going really slow. I think we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the two cops. Dude, yeah. Um... um yeah, 11-hydroxy-THC is a much more potent molecule mm -hmm. uh, in our bodies than delta-9 or delta-8-THC. We talked a little bit last week about how the, the factor of strength can vary wildly depending on who's reporting it. But it, yeah. what's, what's safe to say is that it's noticeably more psychedelic at higher doses. Mm -hmm. And it certainly will get you higher off of a smaller dose than the equivalent if you inhaled it. Ooh, yeah. Whoa, give me some... Oh, yeah. Can we... I guess 11-hydroxy is not present in the plant. That's a human byproduct. But can we synthesize 11-hydroxy-THC and ingest that somehow in a more efficient way? Well, perhaps. But then my question would be what happens to the 11-hydroxy-THC once it goes through your liver a second time? Well, that's why I would say in a tincture form or an inhalable form. Like so you vaporized. could get a sublingual 11-hydroxy straight in through the base of your tongue. I'm just curious. I probably wouldn't do it. I prefer Delta-9 to the 11-hydroxy, but maybe for some like art or some, you know, vision quest type of mm. shit, like inject, inject, inject some, uh, no, I don't know. Definitely We're, for a vision quest. Not inject, but... I but feel like that's like the... Sublingual 11-hydroxy-THC sounds like an interesting way to go on a vision quest. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be a running joke on this uh, podcast is the injecting, injecting THC. Yeah. Because theoretically, man, theoretically that's the most efficient bioavailable way to do it, but... Yeah. Somebody, I'm, if, you, uh, well, if, if you've ever injected THC, let us know how that goes for you. <laughs> or let us know how that went. Or I'm just, really just yeah. the scientist in me is curious because that is uh, you you went there for us you know that's a bold step but I mean honestly there are so many step. people that do heroin that smoke weed like you know they're those crazy scientist type like a uh, train spotting that fucking fully med. functioning heroin addict yep you know they're out there you I, i'm sure there's some crazy 80 year old hippie that's just like <laughs> they're on to me <laughs> yeah but who oh thank you yeah who who knows if if you know let us know because i would like to know hit us up in the comments if you ever injected thc and then uh go and have a very serious word with yourself <laughs> because you got problems, bro. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a scientist, if you're that guy, I can envision sort of that martyr type who's like, I Where, wouldn't put this on anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you realize that, you know, the current framework for your scientific research doesn't allow for you to go and inject other people with THC, so you use yourself as the subject. Yeah. I guess there's a noble, there's a noble quest somewhere in there. It's true. And I, I've seen the movies. There's a lot of EMTs that are very comfortable. And James Bond, you know, very comfortable with medical equipment and needles and... You know, I can imagine you would, if you're that chill with it, if you're already just like, if that's nothing to you, then yeah, I can see that being a thing. But I'm scared. <laughs> but I'm terrified of needles and blood, so. I thought I was too, and then I started getting tattoos. And now I'm not. <laughs> I have tattoos. I guess I wasn't. It's just the drawing blood. It's a different thing, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's obviously a different needle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it is a different procedure, so. <laughs> And you have the wooziness when you really get blood drawn from you, which... Yeah, that's that's me. I think with tattoos, generally, if you're sat there for any period of time, you have enough time to, like, sit, and a good tattoo artist will allow you to absorb that 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 refractory period you need after the tat itself to just actually sit and get your, your you know, your blood moving normally again and your hmm. body not be in shock. There's a lot of uh, tattoo parlors now that are using CBD as a recovery <laughs> method. To 
a lot of inflammation. True. Turns out ramming a needle in and out of your skin <laughs> yeah. creates a lot of inflammation. I have seen uh, like uh, one of the things I got suggested on Instagram was a, I think a lady who makes a CBD salve specifically for tattoo studios. I just know mm. that it's uh, it's so uh, you can't you get like fragrances and you know you have to be very specific about the type of lotion that you're using on a tattoo and I just wouldn't trust 90% of those cannabis people to really take that into consideration no I mean for my last two my more my two more intricate tattoos I just use coconut oil whoa that's it nothing else and cool. they, I think they healed great that's that's cool um, I think it was eucerin is what I used is that yeah that's kind of like um, the standard non-scented one of the one of the standard ones I think that's what I did for my first one my little elephant over here mm-hmm. um, either way tattoos uh, and CBD aside we were talking about the the 11 hydroxy molecule and the difference of eating cannabis versus drinking cannabis so one of those things one of the things about 11 hydroxy is the fact not just the fact that it's so strong but the fact that it's the duration is one of the longer ones that you can have with a cannabis experience yeah and is that because it takes the blood it takes the body longer to metabolize 11 hydroxy because it's a bigger molecule something to that effect it definitely takes longer to metabolize the molecule um and it the half-life of it is longer it's, it's, so it's, it breaks down slower mm. um i mean i suppose those are all the same thing yeah, yeah yeah um i imagine it's like you know thc enters the stomach oh it's gotta fight off the hydrochloric acid it's like no you lose a lot there and then it goes through digestion the rest of it and then it goes through the liver and it's converted into 11 hydroxy and then it's in the bloodstream so it's like that what did we read six <laughs> percent that's left after six percent efficiency rate of uh yeah i uh, mean maybe 10 it? maybe 10 if is a more generous guess five is it as is, low as six percent as low as six percent like five i um, guess if you want to round it down and be harsh but, but it's like that six percent that made it though yeah that's brolic that's a brolic six percent <laughs> that's like the the sperm that made it dude that's yeah. that's a that sperm has biceps you yeah, know this these 11 hydroxy molecules are stacked they've been down the gym and mm-hmm. they're coming for your receptors they don't skip leg day not at all <laughs> not at all um yeah so this is a six hour duration even so even with a like a 10 percent or a six percent availability so if you if you had 10 milligrams you know you're only getting 0.06 of a of a milligram when it finally converts but that 0.06 is strong enough in your bloodstream in your bloodstream that the experience may feel like you smoked a lot more than you sm- I feel like I smoked six, like 10 blunts 10 sometimes. milligrams yeah oh yeah, absolutely 15 I mean, I, milligrams will put me on that like 3 blunts in a row level maybe 20 yeah 20 is uh, is is the, the the top end for me I'm, that's that's like a long flight like a 6 to 8 hour flight <laughs> and of the, other than that I don't really have a good reason to take 20 milligrams without taking CBD Mm-hmm. I can take CBD as well as take 20 milligrams and mitigate it, but yep. um, yeah, the psychedelic effects are definitely managed a little bit by CBD. I feel like it maybe also stretches out the duration to to the the further end of six percent because the six hours, sorry, because I think you could say a, a peak duration would be like four hours, mm-hmm. and then you know, in in more rare cases, you might get to six. And CBD, the addition of CBD, I think gets you closer to six interesting like is that because control. it keeps it from binding and it's just like floating around in your bloodstream exactly it's interesting exactly and probably in in its own presence like in the way that th having more thc probably means there's less anandamide floating around that cbd then also kind of must have an effect on that that makes it feel less psychedelic somehow so mm-hmm. You can mitigate it a little bit, but um, it's very different to drinking it, which is what we're doing today. And exactly what you get a lot say. more sublingual absorption, apparently, from drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, although we're not exactly sitting here and swirling tea around in our mouth or anything. I am. It, it tastes really it, good. It does taste great. <laughs> Shout nice out to Kikoko. Minty herbal tea. They, 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 they got priority number one down, which was to make a great tasting tea. And then after that, you know, if, if it's still a good tasting tea and it's well infused, then you can really... Yeah. 
so how far 20 24 minutes 25 minutes in i feel nice and warm i mean granted we smoked a joint of some blackjack henry's and then uh blackjack did you do the pineapple love bomb pineapple love bomb which is a two to one cbd as well yeah we got some nice cbd vibes going on today like a nice whole full spectrum thc cbd experience definitely feel really high uh, but very comfortable and warm yeah a very manageable but very noticeable high yeah yeah that's what i would say (laughs) um so the differences with sublingual in terms of duration and bioavailability uh, the estimates go as high as 50 percent bioavailability so that you're talking about a much better efficiency rate for your cannabinoids and that's i'm assuming if it's carried in a proper like mct oil or carrier oil because our body doesn't like to ingest the cannabis oil directly exactly and actually i think a lot of these drinks could probably be made more uh powerful or or have more binding affinity by adding some coconut oil to the mix if you don't already eat coconut oil as part of your regimen but yeah let's say you started your day with some for whatever reasons maybe you threw a little in your oatmeal i like to do that sometimes mm-hmm. or, i eat eggs it's part of the smoothie maybe um and then you have some some of this um uh, sublingual thc it's probably going to even increase the bioavailability possibly even more than that yes hmm so lipids will definitely make a difference the contents of your stomach obviously make a difference just in the just as they do when you eat cannabis um and one that will interest me when we get more research about it is what effect the gut flora and the microbiome has on this i mean yeah that's we're just not figuring out what that even means in a non uh a non like drug related sense true True. We're only barely just getting to grips with uh, what it what we are, which is mostly almost half bacteria. I think half bacterial cells, half human cells is what we are. So we're just as much bacteria as we are person. That sounds um, about right. <laughs> yeah. Some people might be more like a virus. Uh, see a, what I did there? Um, <laughs> anyway, so some of the other forms that you might get a sublingual or an edible form is gonna be tincture or a capsule or like we were talking about at the beginning, a traditional brownie or a chocolate uh-huh. is gonna be an obvious um, I, delivery method you'll find for edible. I, I like to think of like there are four tiers. It's like you have smoking, it's quick, and then you have sublingual, it's a little bit slower, but it's still pretty quick, 15 minutes, uh, 15 to 30 minutes-ish. Uh, drinks would be next that's uh you can feel the effects in 15 minutes and that might be largely sublingual yes. but like alcohol you know you you drink a beer you take a shot you'll feel that in 20 to 40 minutes so yeah. I, i'm assuming that's so how some it, of it's intestinal too uh-huh yeah, yeah. I, I think the up to 40 minutes it's like 40 minutes up to an hour and a half to feel the effects with drinks so you want to wait to be sure but right. like alcohol you know it's it's very similar to alcohol you can pace yourself can we level. give a shout out to Kikoko for the guideline that they put actually on the tea bag itself? So I think on the left hand side that they give three yeses. What are those? Oh hey, okay. So yes, a delightful buzz, but not for newbies. I would agree. This is quite delightful, and this is half too. This is yeah. We split one tea bag, but we're also smoking. So True. I think maybe it would be about the same. Uh, yes, you will laugh a lot, and yes, it'll blast the blues. Yeah, I think that that's pretty cool that they put like some of the things that you can expect to feel and some guidelines on I there. I like that. And I would like more companies way. to do that. Feel it. I, I definitely like it. Made in totally in keeping with their branding and their packaging, which is not only feels nice, but looks great. Um, mm-hmm. Very vibrant and really nice typeface. Yeah, check it out. Um, good job all around, Kikoko.com. K-I-K-O-K-O.com. Uh, and I'm really glad that they're not saying, you know, they're not taking that cushy punch that would be like, don't get KO'd by Kikoko, or rather like, yeah. get Kiko KO'd. They went, they did, they did use puns for the T names. They're mm-hmm. all, they all mm-hmm. have T in the name. The positivity is what we're on. Yeah. Caffeinated, which is fun. They didn't, they didn't lower themselves to the level of the, of that sort of, yeah, cushy punch type. Get fucked. Yeah, very <laughs> obvious. Very... Cool ass pictures though. Whoever that photographer, whoever did that campaign, really 
did a good job in my opinion. Cushy Punch or Kikoko? The Cushy Punch. The, oh, okay. That campaign, you know, the wild ass pictures and yeah. shit. That I, I was definitely impressed by that. Yeah, good production value for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so drinks being the third fastest and yes. then edibles, uh, they, you know, every, or not everybody knows the rules. Let's make sure that everybody knows the rules. Wait up to two hours yes, to sure. feel the effects of edibles. Everybody has the story maybe not everybody has put the pieces together that it happens oh it's an hour hour and a half in like man i'm not feeling anything this shit is bunk and then you eat a couple more and then an hour later everything hits all at once and now you're you know in three times as deep as you originally intended not only that you might have actually staggered the trip to be even longer because you consume the second <laughs> batch like at t plus Seriously. one and a half yeah, hours maybe that first that first gun that first run was too much anyways yeah and then you, you just, just didn't let it hit you yet <laughs> and i would say you said two hours i would say if you just ate and you then like let's say you finish your meal with some infused edible as a dessert or something like that wait three because your body just put you just put a bunch of food in there and we just said stomach contents make a difference mm-hmm. so if you have a full stomach it's gonna take longer that should be pretty obvious but apparently it's not yeah i i, I always say um the best case when experimenting finding your dose with edibles the best case is you don't feel anything because on the opposite end you're having that shitty experience you know you're calling the ambulance because you feel like you're dying so the best case is you don't feel anything you take a little bit more like you don't have to there's nobody like listen i need your dose tomorrow stat you need to figure that out tonight you've got eight hours you know it's like Dude, take your time. Like, take five milligrams. I didn't feel anything. Take 10 milligrams the next day. I didn't feel anything. Don't take 20. Take 15 again, you know? Look, nowadays in a a licensed compliant dispensary in California, edibles are capped at 100 milligrams. If if you're buying one unit, let's say you buy a Kiva bar, for example, that's 100 milligrams, go slow. The Kiva do also give you very good directions for making sure that you don't overdo it and don't give yourself a negative experience, but Mm -hmm. just eat one piece eat one piece start with five milligrams if you haven't done it before and as we're saying just you'll have time to experiment and dose again in a day or two's time or three's time or whatever and figure out where your comfortable zone is mm-hmm. there was that um that writer that uh, she's famous you know she had an experience in colorado oh, with edibles you know lady. dude i mean but that's the thing she's not stupid she is what you'd expect the average uh, non well, non marijuana enthusiast to do. Fucking eat a whole the, pa- the packaging did have instructions though. It was labeled, so I would say she was stupid because mm-hmm. it, for the fact that you're trying not on, not leave aside that it's a cannabis product. You're trying a new thing. First time you try something, are you gonna like find a little bit about a little bit out about it by reading the packaging? Um, especially if you're the especially if you're I'm, I'm getting up to adjust the computer especially if you're uh, yeah an investigative investigative oh my god investigative there you go investigative um so yeah uh Kiko Koti feeling good this is another five minutes later it's eight minutes later already 33 minutes in for me yeah I feel Enjoying good. It. I feel my eyeballs feel stoned in a in a way that I normally wouldn't be. Hashtag stoned eyeballs. <laughs> um, but I'd like to say the thing, one thing that just is always the icing on the cake. It's nice packaging. It feels uh, it feels like different packaging. I, I'm willing to bet. Actually, no, I'm not going to say that it's compostable. I'm not willing to bet that. I, I want to believe it. Hasty retraction. Yeah, but. The fact that these are all organic ingredients, you know, it makes me wonder if, if like, the, is the cannabis organic as well, you know? Yes, I think, I think if you go on their website and you look at it, it does say that um, their cannabis is organic too. Really? Like, would that be like clean green organic or like, you know, just organic methods? Interesting. Well, as we know, um, you can't actually label cannabis organic right mm-hmm um, and luckily there's a program that will exact the same standards on the process of growing and harvesting and curing and processing and 
manufacturing cannabis products. Um, and that's called the Clean Green Certified Program. Ooh. Love uh, those guys. Yeah. They've been around since 2004. They're in eight states now. Um, they exist because... Eight states now? Eight different states. That yeah. makes me happy. Um, and it started in Oregon. Is that right? Is that the first place? Oregon or Washington. Definitely Oregon or Washington. It's okay. not California. Shout out the Pacific here. Northwest mm-hmm. for being the pioneers on that one. And um, the reason that they exist is because cannabis can't be labeled as organic as the term organic is a USDA protected term and cannabis is not federally legal. Mm-hmm. So the USDA doesn't recognize cannabis as a crop in a federal sense. I think it's, yeah, USDA is federally funded, I presume, yes. like that is, and so they're not going to use, they're not going to bother making an illegal drug. They're, they don't care. No, they don't. So, But there are people Yet. that do care. Exactly, Yet. exactly. We care. Yeah. Uh, and I think hemp now being legal, there's going to be some USDA certified organic hemp yeah. Stoked. Although, Actually, I think that's been there for a while. That you can get hemp milk, right? Organic yes. hemp milk. Yeah. I be, when I buy hemp seeds, they're well. Actually, maybe they're non-GMO. Mm-hmm. I at least to get non-GMO if I can. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing where you know perhaps I would try to get something organic, but I don't remember whether mm-hmm. you can. I'm pretty sure now in Colorado there's a lot of programs for organic hemp. Um, I know a couple of companies in the California industry are sourcing their their hemp the hemp side of their product range from colorado yeah um, yeah that's where i mean they've got the land out there for sure yeah lots of acreage I, um, yeah i can't wait till kansas and nebraska those wheat those wheat they used to export hemp so the midwest used to be hemp city and well, then the east coast even on the subject of hemp should we should we just give a quick sh- uh, mention to the farm bill and the fact that a lot of people noticed that passed the other day and perhaps think that cbd is a free-for-all now and that's not exactly the case right so know. now hemp derived cbd products that make any kind of health claims or benefits claim to have any benefits need to be subject to the fda testing procedures i like we made it. Now we're playing with the big boys. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. CBD sounds like snake oil. It, because and it is... And often it has been. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately. That, like, I'll, I've had to warn my mom off so many CBD oil products. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's... there's uh, the, the coverage that it's had in the last few years as some sort of wonder cure is... Yeah. Meaning that every little cosmeceutical and nutraceutical company wants to get their hands on it and pretend that... A small amount makes a huge difference, which we know not to be the case. Yep. Um, and they say, you know, it's it's uh, nano nano emulsified. You know, it's it's uh, what is that CBD water? The nano water? They're proprietary. I think it's called, yeah, nano CBD. Yeah, like that. They, yeah, they have like a proprietary. I was uh, in a Lassen's the other day, and I saw an alkaline water that was also CBD infused. Like, we're out here, California. Who knows how much CBD? Who knows how true it is? Who knows what testing that's that needs to go through? And by the way, cannabis-derived CBD is still technically federally illegal. So no, nothing changes for cannabis-derived CBD. Yeah. It's just that hemp CBD now has to play with the big boys. You like played you yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, And that's the thing. Hemp CBD oil is just... It's still risky. You can get Chinese hemp that's just... Cannabis uh, sucks the heavy metals and toxins out of the ground, which is great as like a... A bumper crop, or not a bumper a crop? Remediative a remediative. Yeah, you can fix, you can remove a lot of the toxins and heavy metals from the soil just by growing hemp in between harvests of your other like plants that you're feeding people with. Yeah, it's one of the only things that's managing the radiation levels in Fukushima. No way. Yeah, that's how that's how powerful of a remediation effect it has. Dude, I can't wait to smoke some of that shit, right? yo. Radioactive <laughs> hemp, but Yo, dude. You're gonna transform like in the comic books. Yeah. You're gonna be a superhero. I'm gonna get breast cancer. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It only happens in comic books, not in real life. That's right. Um, so that's why Clean Green exists. It's, yeah, because cannabis being really good at taking out toxins, it's really important and clean green certification checks like what does the growing area look like are you and on top of that like sustainability factors like how are you managing erosion control and just like 
it, it, I feel like it's common sense, but the problem is people will look at a law and be like, well, well, it doesn't say not to do it and they'll do it. But somebody with a heart that's like, I'm, you know, this Always is affecting for people. the loopholes. Exactly. So something like clean green certification steps in and it's just like, well, since you assholes made us write it down, <laughs> be a good person, be a good farmer, be a good person and do the right thing. And it's like, now it's clean green certified. So I can get down with that. Here you go. You got another one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that's what it takes. We're starting to see a couple of the companies that are available here in California use their certification process. Which yeah. And there's a couple others. Uh, apologies to who they are. I know there's a couple other groups out there doing the same thing. And a lot of companies that just can't even afford to the clean green certification that Very are true. doing it organically. You know, yes. like... Props that's, to you. That's a good point. There are companies out there that, that, like you said, have the heart and that are doing it the right way. They just maybe can't afford to get the the seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Or they the don't even know. Seal. A lot of companies I've spoken with don't even, uh, they're not even aware that Clean Green, that there is a, uh, there are some companies attempting to be the standard for that. Right. To and replicate the organic standards for mm-hmm. the USDA. Exactly. And that's the goal, right? Is once it becomes federally legal knock on wood i don't know if that's you know uh once it becomes federally legal then everything that's clean green certified should be able to just be immediately ushered into the usd organic program because it follows the same standards like grandfathered in mm-hmm. exactly exactly and <laughs> i mean so what's the what's the long-term business plan for clean green certification <laughs> if if the goal is being I guess, you know, it's a little stricter. It is. You know, it's a little more special. Well, let's look at, like, the the differences between what it does and what the current California law requires. So, we mentioned, I think, briefly that now, in 2019, California law requires not only to test for THC and CBD and um, some of the minor cannabinoids, but they also and have also to, pesticides. Also pesticides, pesticides correct. And sorry. Mildew, yes, pesticides. And mold, if it's um, a, a, an extract, then they have to test for any residual solvent if solvent mm-hmm. is used in the process. Mm-hmm. But they also now have to testify. Uh, testify. <laughs> yeah, but they will. <laughs> they will. They now. will have to testify <laughs> if this shit yeah. comes out. They're um, they're gonna have to own up to it. Um, they're going to have to now also test for uh, heavy metals and. Um, they're going to have to heavy metals <laughs> provide terpene information. So you're going to have to have both of those things part as part of the new testing in California. And Clean Green already checks for uh, cannabis that's free of pesticides and contaminants, which includes heavy metals. Mm-hmm. So they're somewhat ahead of the game. Um, I think what we'll see is probably a lot of labs doing just the uh, the California standard, and then perhaps certain labs getting like affiliate programs to do clean green and then a company can run through both of those and get their test from let's say a CanaSafe or mm-hmm. is it CanSafe I think one of the labs that is currently doing a lot of the I like those guys in, really uh, colorful really pretty COAs in California and and then perhaps the second test is with clean green you know or the second procedure the second uh, yeah I, I wonder uh, because the labs are supposed to be independent and clean green you know i feel like clean green is kind of a private company so it'd be like how can we make it a uh a like non unbiased sort of thing you know where you know is clean green sort of this ideal or is it are they making money no i is think is it a non-profit i think well uh i'm not sure about if it's a non-profit i can have a look at that but one of the things that is definitely uh positive about them that I'm not sure also applies to the organic certification is their commitment to sustainability Mm. um, Mm -hmm. and the fact that they have that as part of their criteria when they're awarding the certification to a cannabis company they're looking at you know companies that are trying to maintain their cultivation area to a certain standard mm-hmm. they're uh, testing control. the soil yes erosion control Could, yeah. uh, what uh, what exactly does that entail just you know the growing plants you know affects the soil and if you dry it out or till it a lot you know you're you're essentially aerating the soil and compacting and aerating it and eventually like you're changing the landscape slightly and especially if you're on like any hills or cliffs but even in a field 
there's a lot of erosion happening just naturally by tilling and root systems being established and then taken out and then, and then watered and, and yep. it compacts you know you're changing so you have to have methods to like keep it keep it sustainable you keep don't want to like just fucking rape the land and then be like oops see ya yeah. you know we know better now we know there, there are simple methods I'm sure well I can't speak for the simplicity but there are methods they might be simple I hope they're simple uh, methods the best ones usually are yeah, exactly. Simple solutions to complex problems. So let's see, on their website, what do they say? What is Clean Green certified? Uh, clean Green Cannabis can be made into a clean, sustainable final product for the consumer. So the, the keywords being keen and sustainable, clean and sustainable, I should say. Um, and then they go into specifying what is required to be considered a processor or handler as part of Clean Green. But I don't see anything about it being a non-profit. Okay. No. Um, but certainly the, f the fact that they have that eco-conscious approach, let's say, uh, they could be a standard bearer for the cannabis industry. I think we'd both like to see a greener approach to things. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not like we're... Uh, like loyal to clean green certification they're just the ones that we know about yeah that we've heard about that are doing it yeah and what we think is the right way so it's you know we're not we don't care who it is there are a few other right. certification programs that that serve a similar purpose um so get at us if you want a shout out we're 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 down to spread the word yeah if you if you create if you are create certification programs for cannabis to be considered to be manufactured and harvested and cultivated in a organic to to the standard of a USDA organic test then hit us up yeah and we'll happily talk about some of your methods and review some of your some products that you have certified hell yeah I'm all about it um, but I, that also comes around to the indoor versus outdoor conversation that's always going back and forth and the sustainability of of outdoor being lauded versus the you know the like resources on resources that that is indoor growing um yeah I, I guess it's possible to do clean green indoor i've heard uh like northern emerald they're not clean green certified uh but i do I, i've heard that it's all organic it's solar power it's like 80 percent water reclaimed and it's like solar powered you know it's some crazy fucking so they're they're making uh very conscious steps to be as um sustainable as sustainable organic. and green as they can given that they're growing indoor and in which i mean you don't even have to be a hippie to care about that like that's solar powered weed growing like the most expensive part is lights and then the air conditioning to set back like to offset the heat from those said lights yep and all of a sudden it's like no, we'll just use solar power and LEDs. It's a mystery to me as to why solar panels don't power everything in Southern California. Because <laughs> there's very few places in uh, on this side of the hemisphere that get more days of sun a year. Well, wasn't... Uh, what's that museum on the PCH? The Getty? Wasn't Getty like an oil tycoon? Oh, so maybe maybe there's just like this, you know, Rockefeller. You know, it's it's easy to talk about oil conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say let's podcast. say it's an oil conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, I see. It so goes deep. We're forty eight minutes in Into now it. to this tea. Yeah, I feel good. I feel I definitely feel the same high. It's like not the joints that we've smoked. Mm -hmm. It's definitely the tea. It's just a nice, pleasant stone. I'm not, um, I'm not like sativified, if you will. It's not like I'm amped up. You don't have a very racy high. Yeah, no, it's like, I, maybe it's the CBD that's just like keeping it on a very chill level and the caffeine's keeping me awake. I don't feel, I, I feel like maybe if there wasn't caffeine, I would be more tired maybe. Right. But, um, hey. <laughs> what, do, what do they claim the duration to be on the, on the package? On the key cocoa so 48 minutes feel the effects in 30 to 90 minutes oh, okay so we'll probably be feeling it after we we're done recording too yeah yeah we're in we're in for the journey i'm actually just while we're on the subject i grabbed some this sample of more dehydrated cbd from uh this company called churged c-h-r-g-d 
Oh right, yeah. Powered by Lexaria. Looked no bowels thing. It looks corporate. It's herbal supplement. Uh, ten milligrams CBD, but it is uh, multi-spectrum hemp oil. That sounds interesting. The, the the ingredients are far less wholesome than the Kikoko. We've got inulin prebiotic fiber from chicory root. <laughs> mm. Okay. The multi-spectrum hemp oil, sunflower oil, polysorbate 80, food grade, uh, food grade silica-based pearlescent pigment, uh, which is which is consists of potassium aluminum silicate and titanium dioxide, and then silicone dioxide as an anti-caking agent, which I believe. Silicone dioxide is the scientific name for sand. Um, yeah, or at least one of the one of the things. One of the, yeah, one of the primary components, components of sand. Of sand. <laughs> Lovely. Well, not the kind of thing I'd be. Really so cheers. A CBD drink. Was there any flavor? I forget. I, I don't know. I'll let you guys know. I'm about to. Oh. Um, it smells like something. I know. Like, it, there's a scent, well, and it looks like oil. Consuming that, I'm just going to point out that the, uh, while, while we were on the subject of clean green, the <laughs> the flower that we have here, the Henry's Original, is clean green certified. So whoop, whoop. they are one of the companies that are available at a lot of Southern California dispensaries, and their cannabis has passed the clean green certification. And they strode into compliance, really proud of them. Yeah. Like they really, that just means they've been doing it right all along. That clean green certification, you know, they're ready for phase three. Like they're not going to have, there's no hiccups. One of the few flower companies that I've seen just nonstop. Yeah, they always seem to have a good library of strains going. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Henry. I Henry's. feel like Lobel, Lobel even had a hiccup, you know. Lowell, uh, Lowell, another company that I feel like if I were clean green certification, I would be like, yo, Lowell, let us test your shit for free just so people will start asking what the fuck it is because you guys are so goddamn popular and you claim to be organic. Yeah. Let's work together. Right. Uh, I don't know. I've, I'm but, sure there's going to be a lot of uh, people trying to buddy up to, <laughs> to MedMen certification like this this year because the fact that they do go above and beyond and they are testing for some of the things that weren't previously necessary mm -hmm. means that they're going to be able to show people the way to carry out a lot of these procedures effectively i like it um and let's let's wrap up with a little bit about the fact that you know this henry's is also a sun-grown as is the preferred term now which Yes, means outdoor <laughs> uh, flower uh, versus indoor. I mean, do you have a preference to indoor versus outdoor or sun-grown versus moon-grown? You know, to be honest, if I had the money, I would smoke like that Northern Emerald, that organic indoor shit, just based off of getting high. But from like, be just because it is so clean, like it, you can't deny the psychological element of like, fresh undisturbed trichomes on like a beautiful juice like it just looks juicy and clean and everything about it is appealing mm -hmm. the smell is there the terpenes are preserved as much as possible it's babied with co2 and but but it's the sun versus a light bulb yeah. one sun versus eight light bulbs who would win like the sun's gonna win there's but that's if we're talking we want that full spectrum you know but if we're just talking getting high let's get some indoor but if we're talking a lifestyle if we're talking living clean and like organic i feel like i feel like outdoors got that you know i really i'm not particular either way i like the fact that you can argue the multi-spectrum effect and the the effects of the sun and millions of years of evolution and plants uh and it's cheaper that way it's cheaper because you're not paying for electricity you're not paying for light bulbs and ac to cool the light bulbs it's just put stick a seed in the ground water it side note eel organic eel river organics they don't even have to water their weed they just put it in the ground and it just finds riverbed water underground 
all organic, no water, fucking so funny. Like, basically, they're making 100% profit because it doesn't cost them anything to produce the cannabis short of manual labor. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially, outdoor, you just stick it in the ground and you're paying for water, uh, maybe some nutrients, you know, if you, you know, we the cost of farming, you know, but it's not yeah. the cost of light bulbs and air conditioning and CO2 and you know all that technology monitoring right which you can still apply to an outdoor grow for like irrigation for example not to mention the overheads of renting the space itself then getting the license especially to be able in some like space. LA like holy shit dude what are you thinking yeah <laughs> like that's that's really hard to do no wonder we saw so many craft mids last year because all everybody spent all their money on the licenses in the warehouse craft mids that's it so Here, saw, saw try some of, of this. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm down with this weird. It's definitely got a uh, chalky. It, you know, honestly, having I made some CBD isolate vape juice. Okay. I, I dissolved it into propylene glycol, and it left this. This is a, this tastes like CBD isolate to me, uh, but it's not. It says multi-spectrum. But um, who knows what that it tastes means. like? That's, that that sounds like a an unnecessarily fancy wording. Does plastic? Would you say plastic is a way to describe how that tastes? I don't know. It's yeah, chalky. I I, I feel I I could resonate with chalky. Mm-hmm. It's like not a threatening plastic taste. It's like just a chemical taste. Yeah, you know. Um, but if you look in there, you can actually see an oil. There's a huge difference between the key cocoa. So here we can see the film. Yeah, if you look, there's definitely a film on oh, top yeah. of the water now. Yeah, you let it settle, you can see it. Mm-hmm. But I think, what did it say? There was like saf- safflower oil in there or something? I forgot. Threw it away. Yeah. So you're saying indoor if you want to smoke the dankest flower and outdoor if you want to have a more kind of holistic view of the... And of being a cannabis consumer. Yeah, and a well-rounded high. I'd say it's a more well-rounded high. A lot of the times, yeah, I can I can relate to that. I think a lot of the things that I've had that I know have been grown outdoors well. And I think that's like the key thing you have to specify. If it's been grown well outdoors, then um, you're getting a very, very full-spectrum rendition of that strain. Agreed. And uh, that's the thing. I, I say give me the indoor for the best loud but like hey i'm willing to be convinced if any of you outdoor growers think you've got some shit that's gonna smell better and look better than indoor like yep. i'm all ears yep. like i'm all nose mouth lungs eyes all six senses Bring it. <laughs> yeah give it to me let's go all right i think that's everything for this week um on that note thank you to everybody who is listening or has listened to either of the previous episodes um yeah you, you guys are the real ones you're on the real heroes soundcloud uh it's soundcloud.com slash two guys one blunt the numbers two and one and guys and blunt spelled normally all one word and then same on instagram if you want to follow us on there we usually let you know when we're going to record or post an episode and we do product reviews and stuff like that on there too mm-hmm. um and that's at two guys one blunt on instagram uh same on twitter if you still use twitter 2019 maybe the year twitter dies yeah also perhaps a subject for a different time <laughs> but i think it's uh it's a good place for us to wrap and uh yeah clean green yeah. certified cannabis hopefully we'll see more of that or more more uh cannabis that you can buy in a dispensary that's that's been through a similar certification process so you know organic weed give me just organic weed i don't care how yeah just make it organic even even if you're gonna grow indoor you can still practice in an organic manner yeah um and make sure you're curing right so you get that nice white ash let's be about white ash this year yep yep so yeah lots of stuff to talk about white ash in the future yeah we're 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 going to do a whole episode about white ash given some of the things that we've been reading recently that's going to be a project that's going to be take some research for sure but uh tell your friends tell your weed nerd friends like get get that dude that won't shut up about weed you know tell him tell him yo check out these weed nerds like what do you what do you know about these guys what do you think about are they hacks do they know what they're talking about are they just yeah let us know if you think we're full of shit or let us know if you know something we don't know i think the the good thing about the way that we are approaching it is that we realize we don't know at all we, yeah we only just 
know enough to know that we don't know that much yeah we're i'm please teach tell us where we're wrong we, we're constantly trying to like fix misinformation so that's what we spend most of our time doing yeah we're we're not immune to it fix our misinformation even if it's little stuff like when when we step out of talking about cannabis or when we step into like biochemistry you know i'm not a biochemist i I, sure i don't know neither am i yeah so like it please hook it up (laughs) tell us tell us we're assholes if you want to be mean about it go ahead as long as we can drop a comment drop us a a mean comment (laughs) talk shit go for it yeah well i will not feed the trolls exactly because we love you guys yeah we love you thanks for tuning in guys and positivity that's the vibe over here so we hope you're coming with the same man two guys one blunt we'll see you next week love it bye